You're listening to The Itch, a podcast exploring all things allergy, asthma, and immunology. I'm your co-host, Courtney, a real-life allergy, asthma, and eczema girl. And I'm your second host, Dr. Payal Gupta, a board-certified allergy, asthma, and immunology doctor. Courtney and I hope to balance each other out so that we get you all the information that you want and need about allergies, asthma, and immunology. Are you ready for a juicy episode? We sat down with Amanda Orlando, the vlogger behind Everyday Allergen Free, and Dan Kelly from the podcast May Contain to talk about dating. We originally wanted to focus on navigating love life when you have food allergies, but our conversation morphed into alcohol, college, and how to figure out social life in your late teens and early 20s when you carry some EpiPens. There's some fun stuff in this episode. And we also reveal some personal details about first kisses and more. Before we jump in, Dr. G and I wanted to thank you for listening to The Itch. It's been one year since we launched, if you can believe it. With 24 episodes in the bag, we've barely scratched the surface of all the things we wanted to discuss. So you bet we're excited to see what year two brings. Now, on to the juicy, juicy episode. Today we are talking dating with Amanda and Dan and to get the ball rolling we need to find out their relationship statuses. So do you guys want to tell us a little bit about you? Maybe what you guys do in the allergy community, your allergies, and your relationship status. Hi I'm Amanda Orlando. I have been married for a year and a half now and I am a cookbook author and I do recipe development and I also write about food allergy. And what are your allergies? Oh, and my allergies are peanuts, nuts, dairy, soy protein, and legumes. So I'm Dan from the allergy blog called May Contain. So my blog is trying to tackle the stigma based around allergies and really trying to break the stigma and make allergies more relatable. And this year I launched the May Contain podcast to talk about dating with an allergy, going out with your friends and interview different guests to get their experience of, of how they've coped and dealt with their allergy. Yeah, so I found out about my allergy when I was five, so I'm allergic to all nuts. And my relationship status is is I'm single. Yes, I've been single for probably like 10 years now. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, I think it's very, um, yeah, I think in London, a lot of people don't really settle down that easy, I don't think. I feel like everyone's single in London, but, um, but yeah, single. <laughs> well, that's perfect because we have the married lady and the single guy. So you'll bring two excellent different perspectives for us. So I think we want to start off asking you guys what your best dating story featuring your food allergy is and we'll go ladies first okay I was thinking about this I had such a hard time separating because there are two like really really good stories that each one communicates a different lesson that I learned but I'll just tell them really quickly but so the first one would be when I was in high school I was on a date with my boyfriend at the time and we went on a double date with another couple so that made me kind of nervous already because I didn't know them and I didn't know where we were going to go and we ended up going to a dessert cafe, a really popular one in, in Marvel. 
York. I'm Richmond Hill area around where I grew up. And obviously I couldn't eat anything. So I ended up ordering a black coffee. And even that they told me this is a may contain, but this is the only thing we can give you. And they brought it to me on this plate with a doily so that it looked like a dessert. And everyone else on the date was eating like actual desserts. So it was kind of awkward. And then after that, they really wanted to go to a shisha bar, which is super popular in my area. And we went to this shisha bar and obviously I couldn't participate because A, I was not old enough <laughs> and B, I couldn't share a mouthpiece with like all these people who had just been eating dessert. So when I went home that night, I thought, wow, I feel like I was just a guest on that date. That was an example of someone truly not getting my allergies and planning this evening. It, it would just show like zero consideration whatsoever. So that taught me a really, really important lesson about also speaking up for myself and, and how I have to communicate my needs. And and then the other story that involves the same guy I was dating around the same time in high school was one of our first dates and we wanted to go for sushi and there's like a million sushi restaurants in our area and I always kind of went to the same ones that I knew were safe for me but he took me to this different one and it was one of these all-you-can-eat Japanese buffets and so he ended up ordering like on behalf of me which was kind of weird ordered all the stuff that I couldn't eat and then I ended up ordering one that I knew for sure that I could eat and the server didn't really speak English so there was kind of this language barrier it was really hard to navigate and then all the food arrived and I thought oh my god what am I gonna do now this is so awkward because all this food is here and I haven't said anything about my allergy he doesn't really know me yet so this is just a super weird conversation and I think he like got up to go to the bathroom or like take a phone call or something and I ended up just stuffing a bunch of sushi in my purse I put it in a napkin put it under my plate like I it was just so awkward I think I was maybe 16 or 17 and I was like I can't eat this I like this person so like I don't want him to think that I'm some super weirdo by bringing it up now and I was like now I have to pretend that I ate it and it was just such a mess and then that taught me again just communicate it to begin with otherwise you're gonna end up with like a purse full of fish and it would be so awkward if you know like if I had to open my bag and like he saw I don't know it was just a whole mess it was a really poorly handled situation so I guess both of those scenarios kind of taught me why you have to communicate and also that if someone after you have communicated it if someone still really isn't considering you then you need to rethink that relationship which obviously didn't work out by the way <laughs> It sounds kind of like the first date set it up for more awkward situations. Sorry, cringeworthy stories. But when you're a teenager, especially for me, I just used to try and hide my allergies all the time because no one in my school really had a food allergy and people just make the weirdest comments or like people just really didn't get it. So I just thought it was easier for me to hide it and just for me to worry about it and manage independently. I didn't need anyone else's help. And so I wasn't really used to talking about it that openly. So then when it came to these like more intimate scenarios, I just didn't really have the language to communicate it yet. So I was still kind of figuring that out. And Dan, did you ever stuff sushi in your pockets on a first date? <laughs> I can't say I have. Bonus I can't say I've ever stuffed in my pockets. Like, um, <laughs> I can't say I've ever had any bad experiences dating with an allergy. I mean, there's been a time where I went on a date and I've always been quite vocal about it. I'm probably more vocal about it now because I speak about it so much online. So when people are like, oh, like, what are you passionate about? or watch your side projects I always be like oh yeah like, I've got this plug and um, so I think I'm always like very vocal about it in that sense but I mean there's been a, a time where I told the girl I've got an allergy and she's like oh by the way I already know and I was like what? and she's like well I just wanted to double check you wasn't like a catfish or like Google you beforehand 
And she must have like found an article or read an article. So she knew about me. I was just, that was a bit off-putting. Not off-put. Yeah, it was a little bit. I was like, so she also had done a homework. And, like, I already knew we had an algae, which is like a little bit strange. But I can't say I really had any kind of bad experiences. I think everyone's kind of really understood how severe my algae is. And I think for me personally, I always try and be like quite vocal about it and say it maybe in a jokey way. Not in a joke. Like, I think it's just finding like the right balance sometimes rather than being really serious. Like sometimes I try and make a bit of a joke about it and then they understand and then we get the conversation going but oh so how long have you had an algae and I think nine times out of ten people are always like quite intrigued to find out about how you found out you had an algae like and your experiences so yeah I think a lot of time like people are quite understanding and I've always said to like definitely like, people always be like vocal about your algae and don't be embarrassed to speak about it but it's very hard sometimes for teenagers now obviously because I think a lot of teenagers do feel kind of embarrassed to speak about the algae but I think everything I'm trying to do is trying to give them the confidence but it's actually normal to bring up your algae as long as you do it in a said it doesn't always have to be a serious way you can just like make a bit of a joke about it and go oh yeah I've got an algae I'll have you eaten nuts kind of thing but yeah <laughs> so how do you guys bring up your allergies I think that's kind of the next question that would come off of this Dan are you online dating you know are you telling people before they even meet you or do you just tell them right when you get to the date what's the process so online dating definitely in London is where usually everyone meets everyone so everybody's using an app called Hinge in London and it's essentially you have to post five images and you've got to answer three questions about yourself so you've got a selection of maybe 50 different questions which you can answer yourself so I mean I'll read mine out loud if you want and see what you think so and because you've got asked questions about yourself you kind of get to know like someone's personality so for example mine's like two truths and a lie so one's like I've got a tattoo on my bum then the second one is like appeared on TV for Grange Hill which is a popular TV show in the UK and then the third one's got me on podcast but like sometimes be like oh do you actually have a podcast and then you're like oh yeah and then they're like what's it about sometimes even before you meet you can bring up your allergy that way I mean a lot of time I don't really bring up my allergy until I actually meet him on the date but yeah I feel like with online dating sometimes it depends on how the conversation's going if they're like oh what do you get up to in your spare time and if you're like oh well I write from the blog the blog, oh, what kind of blog is it is so sometimes you can kind of get the conversation in there that you've got an allergy but I think a lot of time I kind of wait till I'm on a date and then I'll bring it up in conversation I think for me now I find it quite easy to bring it up in conversation because obviously I speak about it so much online on my Instagram and blog and everything I find it very easy to be like oh yeah I've got an allergy this is what I do kind of thing how about when you were younger as a teenager how did you navigate dating men I think I've always personally I've always been quite confident to speak up about it I don't know if that comes from my parents and they kind of drilled it into me to vocal about my allergy and I personally never felt embarrassed to bring up that I've got an allergy I don't know why that is I think I've always just been very confident to just put oh I've got an allergy or this is the EpiPen because a lot of people just didn't know what the EpiPen was as well so I think I've always kind of said oh if I'm out or on a date do you know what an EpiPen is and no and this is it and then that's like another way to like bring it into the conversation and I don't think I've ever personally felt embarrassed to speak up about it but it's obviously very hard and I think over like 6% of teenagers feel embarrassed to speak up about it which is such a massive portion and it's just trying to give them the confidence and I think that's everything I'm trying to do is just trying to normalise it and give young teenagers the confidence that you can speak up about it and you don't have to say it in a medical way or you don't have to make it a big thing. Do you feel like guys still plan the dates as opposed to the women? And so I'm wondering if that could be an aspect of this where you might feel more confident just kind of getting to the date and then talking 
thinking about it because you're planning the date. I don't know. Has dating changed since I was dating a while ago? <laughs> I think it varies. I think first date, I'm a, for example, like, pull up or oh, do you want to go to this coffee place in like London Bridge and kind of take the lead for the first date and then maybe the second date they want to go here and then obviously if they kind of save the mention a restaurant, I can make sure that it's like, no, like, and obviously definitely bring up your algae then make sure like it's not Chinese or it's not an Indian and hopefully just try and keep it like quite simple. But yeah, I think a lot of time I've always definitely brought it up on the first date, but if they said, oh, do you want to go to a restaurant on the next date, then I'll make sure that the restaurant they've chosen is definitely algae free like, or maybe just try and go on their website beforehand to make sure they've got an algae menu. Amanda, after your dating nightmares <laughs> with your high school boyfriend, did you ever feel like you wanted to choose places? Did that change your experience? So, because Dan mentions he chooses maybe the first date, but if you're in a relationship or if you are a woman with an allergy and maybe there are still that feeling that the guy is supposed to make plans, did you ever vocalize where you wanted to go? I feel like we had completely different experiences. And when it did come to choosing places, I would always just say, I want to go here. But I never really would say why, but I would just be like, oh, let's go to this restaurant. And it would always be somewhere that I knew I could eat at. But in regards to communicating my allergies at all, allergy bullying was such a thing at my school. And I don't know if people were consciously doing it or if at the time, the way allergies were portrayed in our mainstream culture was very poorly. It was almost a joke. And especially like a few movies that had come out while I was in high school that portrayed anaphylactic reactions to be like this hilarious thing really did not serve me well in high school. So there were times when I definitely had to deal with a lot of allergy bullying. So I was not very confident to talk about it. So I didn't usually bring it up on a first date. Usually I waited until a significant amount of time into the relationship to tell someone that I had food allergy. And I would just kind of try to navigate it and pick the restaurant or like pick the activity or whatever to find something that was safe for me. But I was definitely very hesitant to tell people just because the reaction that I got from my schoolmates was never really that positive. I mean, from my close friends, obviously it was different, but when it came to other people in the school, I just always kind of had these weird experiences or very negative experiences. And so that kind of led me to shut myself off to talking about it. But when I, for example, when Brandon and I started dating, this is almost 10 years ago, I didn't tell him that I had food allergies until it was absolutely necessary because we were on this coffee date and he walked me to my class after we were in university at the time and in front of maybe 400 people he leaned in to kiss me but he had just had coffee with cream or something in it and I knew I couldn't kiss him so I just ducked underneath of him and ran away and it really stood out it's also like just a very like tall large person really really stood out (laughs) it was embarrassing for both of us and then afterwards he texted me and he was what did you just do then I texted him and I have to tell you something thing of food allergy you know it was not handled well but that's just who I am that's how I chose to handle it and that obviously forced us to talk about it and then his reaction was okay that's not that big a deal you should have just told me I care about you it doesn't bother me and I was like oh cool great so we can keep dating but yeah I think the experience was not always that smooth for sure so you brought up kissing mm-hmm And that's a big topic for a lot of people. And I'm just wondering what you guys think about kissing. If you have any rules about kissing, how you go about that, how you go about the first to kiss being extremely awkward or not. Yeah, let's launch off with that first. Oh, who wants to start? Dan? (laughs) So, (laughs) let's jump straight into the deep end there. (laughs) 
for me, when I was at university, so there's freshers where there's lots of drinking and partying and you meet lots of new people. And I think at uni, I was quite bad because I would get quite drunk and I might kiss a girl and I might not even question it. I wouldn't even say anything that I've got an allergy. But as I got later on in uni and my final year, I wouldn't take that risk again. But I think as I got later on into uni, I was a bit more vocal to be like, if I felt like it was going that way, I'll make a bit of a joke and be like, oh, you've not eaten nuts today, have you? And what? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> but well, I've got an allergy and it's, and it's quite funny that like, someone actually reached out this week actually and was her son sometimes he doesn't know how to go about it and for me I've always kind of tackled it in terms of like making a joke about it and it's worked quite well in that sense I've in the past as well like kissed a girl then I've had a bit of like an anxiety attack not anxiety attack but my anxiety goes through the roof then like, oh my god I'm every reaction or is my neck swelling or is my lips tingling and I've took like my antihistamine so sometimes in that situation where maybe I've not asked a girl and I have kissed a girl then I would take my antihistamine afterwards just in case when I was a teenager in university I was so careless really really careless and there were times when I would have minor reactions and especially at university I was like 17 years old I'm with a bunch of friends that I've only known for maybe three or four weeks and something happens like no one knows what to do and all of those situations I handled very poorly in hindsight there were times when you know I had been drinking I was careless and then I'd end up with hives on my mouth my first thought would be oh no my parents will be so mad at me which is such a silly thing to think in that moment but that's your teenage mind right it's totally different what your priorities are and so I would take my antihistamines and then lay on the couch and then my friends would stay up with me and hope for the best which is such a stupid thing to do and I would never do that now as an adult but at the time that's how I handled that and then as I got older I became a lot more cautious and obviously then dating the same person for so many years obviously he understands the severity of it so he just would tell me if he ate something that I couldn't have so that makes it a lot easier but yeah when I was a teenager I, I don't think I ever asked anyone and I would just kind of always hope for the best which I do not recommend it's a very unsafe thing to do that's so interesting because I just avoided it altogether I just avoided like situations where that could even be possible so it's interesting oh, to really? hear you guys because I was so afraid of people and kissing and I was so like no way man get away from me that's I loved a good party I don't know so what would you say to someone who's just kind of entering that social game where kissing and all of that might come into play and with your past history would you give them what advice would you give them so I always found it really beneficial to have a really close friend, you know, with you all the time so that there's someone who has your back. And that's really important. And not to put all the responsibility on them, but just to know for your own comfort and like minimize anxiety, know that there's someone else in the room who knows that you have an allergy, who can kind of see things happening and clue you in. There's always that friend who says, oh, by the way, there's peanuts over there. It's nice to have someone to lean on as well. And someone who knows how to use your EpiPen for you know worst case scenario I just think when you're young it's nice to always have someone with you because you're probably used to being with your parents or living at home with your family and as soon as you're outside of that for me it felt like you go from having this massive safety net to then having no safety net at all so you can kind of create one for yourself in your new living situation if that makes sense well what's interesting is I was just looking at a study that Ruchi Gupta published and she found that 82% of respondents 
respondents reported that their female friends were supportive and great about their food allergy, whereas only 65% reported feeling this way about their male friends. And do you think that's true, Dan? I think, I don't know whether, I always felt my friends very kind of supportive of it and they always kind of understood how serious my allergy was. I think one mistake I probably didn't do at university was getting some tests at EpiPens to show my friends how to use it. Because a lot of time, like, they they seen the real thing and they knew it went in the five, but they didn't really know, like, the free step. It's so important, I think, for young people to get these auto-injectors and show the friends how to use it because otherwise sometimes they know what it is, but in the panic definitely if you have an allergic reaction there's a bit of a panic and then they might not know the correct way to use it yeah that's a great point I mean they also found that 55% reported that their female friends would know what to do but only 39% of their male friends would know what to do and that only 11% generally with that their classmates would know what to do so I think it's a big area that needs to be addressed especially for teenagers college goers just to know that this is an important aspect letting your friends know and making sure that everybody knows where you even keep it. Is it in your pocket? Do you keep it out on the table so that people when you're eating can quickly reach for it? What does that whole situation look like too? Definitely in a workplace. So I always have one in my trouser pocket. Sometimes I'll leave it on my table so everyone can see it. But it's always making sure definitely when you, when you start a new job, making sure that like, everybody knows, number one, you've got an allergy. Number two, do you, like you said, do you keep it in your cupboard or do you keep it in your pocket and I've, I've always been very vocal to my friends where I keep me all injector I don't know if girls are just a bit more vocal about it with their girlfriends whereas guys are just a bit oh I'll be fine some attitudes from guys is oh I know what I'll be fine it'll never happen to me I never have an allergic reaction but it's that who might take that risk and then have a severe allergic reaction so it's always important that they make everyone aware and also circling back to the university party culture it's something that when you're a teenager I think you're truly thrown into the lifestyle change in university and being totally independent versus having been in high school and living at home and stuff. It's just a a really, it's a time of a lot of change. There are certain things like, for example, when I was in university, I always thought, okay, I'm never going to play drinking games because I noticed that people tend to always share cups. So it's those kind of extra little checks that maybe other people at the party don't have to do, but you should do for yourself if you have food allergy. There's always a rule, don't drink something that someone just gives you because you don't know what in it there's an extra layer to that which is also you don't know what this is so don't take the chance on it. I absolutely agree with that. I remember when I was at university, I used to play a game called like Ring of Fire. So playing card and everyone pours a drinking saucepan in the middle and the, yes. last person, the last person to like get this card like has to drink all this like mixed alcohol the saucepan. And it's been, I remember it like happened to me and I was like, guys, like, I can't drink it. Like, I don't know what's in it. And I've never got bullied for it at uni. Everyone's like, oh no, like, he has got like a real serious allergy. But even like beer pong as well has like nearly caught me out a few times, you know, where people putting the spirits in the cup before you and then obviously you're drinking out of that cup as well so for me I'll, I'll definitely play beer pong if everyone's just using beer or vodka or gin or something and then i know like even gin sometimes has nuts but i think as long as you make like you said make your friends aware about your allergy and try it's always trying to reduce the risks like you never know when you might have allergic reaction but you can do everything possible to try and reduce that cross-contamination or reduce having an allergic reaction and that's where i think humor really comes in too for example when i was younger and people would want to be playing we called that game king's I remember if people would bring up that game, I would just stand up and brash. They'd be like, 
I'm not playing that. We're playing something else and just kind of like make it a joke. And then people kind of go along with it and steer the, the games that way. Or yeah, like I think sometimes humor is a great way, especially if you're having to like re-clean someone else's stuff. It can sometimes be perceived as a bit offensive. So I always just soften it with, oh, I've seen you clean this. Like it's filthy or something. And then just <laughs> go ahead and do it again myself. Those are great suggestions. And one thing that you brought up real quick, Dan, was that the alcohol can sometimes also contain allergens. And I definitely think we should create a list of all those and share that. I feel like we're getting into a lot of drinking stuff, which is quite interesting. But I think that that's the thing. It's like when you start dating, it's also at the same time where other things are getting, you're introduced to alcohol and you're introduced to a little bit more freedom. So it's interesting that this comes hand in hand. And yes, I have a list of alcohols on my blog that contain nuts and sesame and dairy. I think I have most top allergens because I also have a celiac friendly list as well. I'll link to that. So do you guys just tend to stick to certain brands of alcohol? As I got older, I realized it kind of good to maintain a certain level of sobriety. But when I do drink, I do stick to brands that I know. And Toronto has a really big beer culture, which works out well for me because then I can just have my regular brand of light beer or whatever that I know is safe. But alcohol for me is really tricky because there is actually dairy additives in a lot of things. So I used to take chances on drinking things and now I just don't really anymore so I have some brands of vodka that I'll drink I kind of stay away from wine unless I know it's vegan and then some brands of beer that I drink and I tried to find ones that are really common everywhere yeah I don't really vary from those too much anymore just because I have had reactions to alcohol because they don't have to label allergens and it would surprise you how many things have casein or whey powder or other allergens. I also stay away from any mixed drinks because you don't know how clean the things are behind the bar because I actually worked in a bar as a teenager and or you know like 19 <laughs> because you can't work in a bar. We're from Canada or I'm from Canada so 19 was a drinking age so I worked in a bar and it was pretty dirty and I did a really good job at cleaning things and it was still pretty nasty back there so I avoid any drinks with ice because a lot of things get poured over the ice because they have a big ice bucket and a lot of bars and I also look at how they clean the glasses because a lot of the times they just dunk them in water and if they just like dunk the water the glasses in water and just kind of scrub it around this little like spongy thing and then that's how clean your glass will be I'll stick to something that's bottled me personally I've always stuck tight beer and so I've never really thought about that I've always kind of like just stuck tight spirits whether that's just like vodka I think with the whole kind of cocktails is one thing I've been a bit more wary about recently so it depends how busy the bar is if the cocktail bar is not that busy and I can have a conversation with the guys serving me the other day I went to a cocktail bar and it just wasn't busy and it was on a Wednesday night and I was like oh, I've got severe allergy what can I have and he was like oh you can have this this and this and he really understood my allergy and I could literally like drink so many cocktails which I don't really have I used to stick to like the simple ones like mojitos or espresso martini but like, I always double check even if I've had that cocktail before so you kind of just got to wait up and go if you got feeling and something that I've, I've never had the answer to is does drinking affect the effectiveness of your EpiPen and that's always something that I worry about so there's no reason that it should be less effective if you mm -hmm. have alcohol in your system so I wouldn't worry about that yeah I don't think there's any data on alcohol 
making epinephrine less effective, but maybe it could make the allergic reaction stronger because it's a vasodilator. Okay. Yeah. That would be interesting to know because I've read that too, because I once had an allergic reaction and I went to the hospital and they thought that it was probably because I had alcohol in my system as well, that it reacted so strongly. I think that's likely because of the vasodilation. As she's looking this up, this is just an aside. I think this is really interesting how this is taking a turn. Yeah. This is like... Yeah, totally. (laughs) The one that the parents will listen to and be like, "Uh, alcohol. And then they'll be like, go listen to this podcast. So I don't have to have that talk. I feel like it's something that parents don't think about, but teens really want to know about. It's good to put it on parents' radar. And I think your point about knowing your limits for alcohol, which is really hard for young adults that are starting to drink, is Mm -hmm. super important. Just knowing that it it is going to make it so that you're not as vigilant as you would be without it. When I was in university, I used to take a lot more risks than I do now. And I would drink like I didn't know my limits and I would drink too much. And then I would take risks like going out to eat drunk food with my friends. And it was a really stupid risk. And it was something that I never really thought through, but that in hindsight, I realized was super unsafe. So lessons that I learned the hard way that I don't think I would want other people to learn the hard way. I think it's good to know that that's not a safe thing to do and to not take the chance. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that in university, I was really timid and I did have a couple of really big episodes (laughs) where I didn't drink and then I didn't know my limits because I didn't drink. But what I I got taught was that I really needed to prepare if I knew that alcohol was going to be something and then I need to eat like a really big meal beforehand so that if I could avoid any like drunk food situations. Yeah. And it, in general, alcohol lowers the amount of an allergen necessary to cause a reaction, makes allergen related reactions develop more quickly. And again, I think that's because of the vasodilation that alcohol causes and that then increases the severity of allergic reactions. It is something that people should be aware of, but I don't think that there's any evidence to show that it would reduce the efficacy of epinephrine. That is good to know. That's why I don't drink alcohol at a new restaurant. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Some people think it's a little bit strange, but if it's a new restaurant and I don't feel 100%, like they understand my allergies, I won't have any alcohol. It's like, you always got to go if you've got feeling in it. If, like you said, if you don't feel safe eating at that restaurant or drinking at the restaurant. For me, personally, I've always kind of really gone with my gut feeling. And if I feel like they do take me allergies seriously, then I would. So can I bring it back to dating for a quick sec and ask you guys about whether you're comfortable with your partner eating your allergens if you have any kind of rules surrounding that i really don't care if they eat my allergens (laughs) it's unavoidable it is 100 unavoidable there will always be allergens present in your life whether it's at your friend's house at restaurants any situation there will be things that are out of your control and there will be food and i think it's good to just get comfortable with being in close proximity to your allergens and knowing how to do that in a safe way like for example how we talked about not drinking if there's nuts on the bar like really simple thing but it allows you to be in that room and not be uncomfortable and so the same thing applies within our relationship my husband just knows how to be careful and considerate about having allergens in our home and we don't buy nuts or we don't really have nuts around because he feels more comfortable not 
eating them at home because after he does eat them, then he has to like wash his hands, clean everything down. I think it's just easier for him not to. At the same time, you know, we would have yogurt or whatever other things in our fridge that we kind of have a shelf that is full of that kind of stuff. And he just has like a a way of keeping it separate from me. And there's also that element of trust. I trust him enough to know that he can eat things that I'm allergic to and he's not going to put me in danger. And also like with takeout food, he just wants to come home and order whatever, a burrito or something. I'm not going to say, no, don't do that because of me. I don't think there's any reason to. Again, it's just about trusting him enough to know that he will not leave cheese on the table or something else that's going to put me in harm's way. And also I wouldn't want to rob him of the opportunity to eat things that he likes. I think that's asking a lot of a person. It's hard to navigate food allergy life and I wouldn't ever want to ask someone to do that, you know, to make me more comfortable. I think that would make me uncomfortable. I actually like when he gets to enjoy foods that he likes. We always say like, I take him out for a treat. So I'll take him out for like bubble tea or ice cream or something. And I'll just bring a snack and then we'll like have our little walk around the city and do our thing. And we're both just enjoying something. And I don't think that it need to be so restrictive. I think if I was dating someone, then I wouldn't want him eating nuts near me or like um, if I was going to meet up with him that day, then because obviously it stays in the slava as well so even if they did brush the teeth then there's still like that chance of having an allergic reaction if someone did eat my allergens me personally I, I've always if I'm dating someone just if you're going to see me that day just make sure like you don't eat nuts and um, I don't think I'm asking for too much to um, just because then obviously it really like increases my anxiety then if they've eaten nuts that day or in the morning then I see them at the night and then I go in for a kiss so I'll be like on edge then thinking I might be having an allergic reaction but yeah I'm fine with people eating nuts if I'm, if I'm not with them well and I was wondering, because we've talked about this a lot recently in our episodes, did you guys grow up with the allergen in your home or did you grow up without the allergen in your home? I did grow up with all of my allergens in my home. So I think I'm just used to it because my brother and I both have food allergy and my mom as well. But my brother and I have conflicting allergies. So we're allergic to completely different things and we're both allergic to nuts. That's the only one we have in common. So in our home, we always had each other's allergens present and we just had ways of keeping things separate that just became innate to us. Like we didn't even have to think about it. It was second nature. And then we even had nuts in our home too. Like he would roast chestnuts. He just also had ways of keeping it separate. So I think it's just perhaps because I've grown up with it. It's not not any different for me as long as I trust the people that are consuming those things and knowing that they're being very thoughtful about it. So I kind of got brought up an allergen free home. So there's never like no nuts around in the kitchen or my parents would never cook crew nuts. But the funny thing is, obviously, when I moved to London and then when I go back home now, I, I think they do like cook with nuts on the other occasion. I don't think my family do necessarily like, eat much nuts anyway, but I've been home and I think obviously because I don't live at home now, I think that they're, they're a bit more open in the kitchen to be using nuts. I feel like what I'm hearing a lot of is just being really open with your allergens as soon as you can, as soon as you feel comfortable and in a dating situation with your college friends, with your high school friends, with everybody. And I think that's what really the data shows too, is that the more the people around you know about your allergies, the safer you feel and the more supported you feel. I think it does reduce anxiety related to food allergies. And I think that's always our goal is to make people feel safer and also to reduce anxiety because it's such an important topic. The number one thing that I'm hearing the most of is just 
telling people, making sure that they understand the severity of your allergens and your comfort level and what you need out of the environment, especially in your living situation. And then even when you're dating, um, what would make you the most comfortable so that you can get into a relationship that's loving and supportive? It seems like Amanda has. It's uh, really nice to hear. I think it's just a nice extra element to have somebody really understand you and care about you. And so the sooner you let that person know, the more they're able to do that and the stronger relationship I think you're able to form. I just want to say one more thing. When it comes to dating, remember that person likes you, right? They asked you out or you asked them out. There's something there. Don't be afraid to bring up your allergies because they feel something warm and fuzzy about you. And I feel like they do want to protect you more than anything. And if they don't want to protect you, then maybe that warm and fuzzy was not really warm and fuzzy and it was just something else, you know? You really get to know someone pretty quickly when you say, look, you've got to look out for me a little bit more because I have allergies and that this relationship might come with a little bit more work on your end, just a little bit more awareness, but trust me, it's worth it. (laughs) Fortunately, our conversation is so amazing and we don't ever want to stop talking to both of you and hopefully we'll have you on again. But why don't we end with one tip for people that are dating with allergies? My biggest advice for anyone dating with food allergies is to be yourself and communicate your allergies and don't be afraid to talk about it. Be confident in yourself and who you are and know that that person wants to spend time with you. So they're probably going to be really open to embracing who you are and working on it as a team together. And my piece of advice would be always be yourself like always be confident to like speak up about your allergy and be very vocal about it and nine out of ten people are just like so understanding when you bring up you've got an allergy so never feel embarrassed to speak up about it and yeah always ask a girl if she's eating nuts that's so important like always ask a girl if she's eating nuts because you never know like it's not worth taking that risk or it might be a girl or a guy but yeah I'll always mention it in a jokey way or mention it in conversation because it's not worth taking that risk Thank you, guys. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on the Itch podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Remember that all information you hear today is for informational purposes only and are not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider. And also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And if you have a second, help spread the word by rating our podcast and sharing with your friends and family who might also be interested in learning more about allergies, asthma, and immunology. You can always stay up to date by checking out our Instagram, The Itch Podcast, where you can leave questions you are itching to know, or check out our website, which is www.itchpodcast.com, which contains more information about the subjects we covered in today's episode and every episode. Until next time, have a fabulous week.